Right, we're going to continue week two of a series of thought. Um, probably going to just go for uh, one more week next week. Um, we've been looking at the blessed life and uh, the fact that you and I are a blessed people. Um, we can't be moved by circumstances. Sometimes our circumstances may not look like we're blessed. Sometimes our bank account doesn't look like it's particularly blessed. Sometimes the circumstances of our life doesn't look like we're blessed. But just because the circumstances of life doesn't look like you're blessed, we need to remind ourselves that we are blessed. Not because of anything that we've done, but because of everything that he's done. And in him, we are a blessed people. And I think that is so key in the journey of our life. You know, you're not saved because of what you've done. You're saved because of what he's done. We, we don't walk in this life successful because of what we do. You know, you, you, may be a great, you may have a great business head on your shoulders. You may have great sporting ability in your DNA. You may be an amazing musician or a beautiful singer. But please don't put that down to your own achievement. All the gifts and the abilities are from heaven. You know, in people in the world, they may be great achievers... They've just not acknowledged that it came from God. Let's be a people that acknowledge the things that we have in life, the material things, but also the gifts, the abilities, the talents, um, our knowledge, our physique, our strength. It actually all comes from God. He is the maker of all things. He is the one who distributes those things. I often wonder where my, where my brains came from or where they didn't arrive. Um, it's like, okay, I may not have brains, but I have passion. And, and, and no one can fault my passion for the things of God. No one can fault. I may not know. I may, I may struggle to read the English words, but when it comes to the Hebrew or the Greek, I can make it up and get away with it because no one else in the room knows it either. So it, it's, it, I'm blessed because of what God's given me, the gifts, the talents, the abilities. And so are you. You are blessed. You are naturally amongst one of the blessed, wealthiest, richest, empowered to prosper people on the whole earth. Um, and we live in gospel and we worship in Bridgemary. Can't be bad, can it? I trust you've had a blessed week. Some of you will look at your week and say, whoa, it's been like a whirlwind. You wouldn't believe what this week's been like. Others were, were chilled out, relaxed, easy going. It's just been a great week. See, we can't determine our bless, how blessed we are by our week or how we felt during the week. Feelings lie to you. You may feel that you're struggling. Your feelings will lie to you. You're blessed. And we just need to keep reminding ourselves of what God has said we are. Feelings will tell you what you're feeling right now. Your spirit will tell you who you are. You are blessed. Feelings will say, well, I, I, I'm struggling here or I'm struggling there or I, 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 need, I, I, need a, I need space, I need time out, I need... Your feelings will tell you that you're struggling. Your feelings will tell you and lie to you. But God has said, you read the word of God and he has said who you are. And it's until, until we identify with who we are in Christ, who we identify with through the pages of God's word, that we really find who we are and what he's done for us. 
Remember God's original plan for man wasn't that they would stress and be in, be anxiety, uh, live in anxiety. It wasn't that they were to go through life concerned where their next meal was going to come from. Everything through God was provided for them. In the Garden of Eden, it was paradise on earth. It was beauty beyond imagination. It, it, it was beyond effort. Why? Because God had already placed everything that mankind needed in the garden that they could live in this paradise moment. But we know that sin entered. We know that man fell, mankind fell. And everything that God had originally said, this is how it's going to be, was corrupted because man, God's man on the earth, fell. And in that instant, everything around was cursed. You know, there were no such things. You know, you walk down the alleyway or you walk around the back and there are weeds galore. It was never God's intention for our earth to be filled with weeds. You know, we, we, we share an allotment with Josh and Soph. Uh, or no, yeah, we share an allotment. <laughs> they, yeah, we share it with them. It's their allotment and we share it with them. We, Jane and I, got the allotment looking beautiful. And we went on holiday for a week and came back to a, to a jungle. It's amazing how quick weeds grow. It's amazing how quick sin can flourish in the heart. Whether that's of someone who's saved or unsaved. It's, it's amazing. You give an inch and the enemy is there to take a mile. I'm trying to work out who was it. Um, Cain and Abel. The Bible reveals that sin was crouching at the door. Do you know what? In each of our lives, no matter how much we love God, how much we're walking with God, there is always going to be sin or temptation crouching at the door of our life. Therefore, we need to guard our heart protect our heart with all diligence, the Bible says. Not just now and again, or if I read the word. No, we need to protect our heart. Why? Because sin is crouching at the door, waiting to pounce. Waiting to take advantage. Waiting to cause us to fall, so that then we feel condemned, then we feel guilty, then we begin to separate ourselves from the rest of the body, then we back away from God. But God is saying, no, 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 no. Don't allow yourself to be tripped up. Don't allow yourself to fall into the ways of the enemy. Be watchful. Be aware that sin crouches at the door, but you don't need to give way to it. Why? Because you are a blessed people. Listen to this. I, I, I just this Scripture after Scripture just keeps coming in this area. And I just love this particular one. Um, from the Amplified Version, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, it says this, The blessing of the Lord brings true riches. See, in, in, people in the world will look at riches and think, oh, you know, that's what's in my bank account. Or, or that's my, my social standing or my, my employment or um, what people think of me. But here it says, the blessing of the Lord brings true riches. Do you know what? Having inner peace. Do you know what? That's something the world craves for, but they cannot find because it's only the Prince of Peace, Jesus, who can bring true peace in our heart. That's 
The blessing of the Lord brings true riches, having peace. Having that rest from works. I'm trying to earn my salvation. I'm trying to do all I can to, to, do, to get myself saved, to get myself in the right place with God. No, no, no. We don't have to work at it. Remember, it's not us doing, doing, doing. It's what he's already done that counts. True riches is knowing who we are in Christ, who God has called us to be. That's true riches. Because we're not trying to, to attain something that is not God's purpose or plan for our life. You know, you can, you know Jane's been a house mum, housewife, her home school teacher all her life. Some people will say, oh, you know, as a pastor's wife, shouldn't she be preaching? Shouldn't she be leading that group? Shouldn't she be doing something else? No, the Lord spoke many years ago and says, one day at a time, and it's your household that matters most right now. Some people would look, you know, house mum, house wife, house, 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 house. Who wants to be in the house? Why want to get out? God's calling is different for different people. What was right for Jane won't necessarily be right for somebody else. But we're not here to judge one another. We're here to celebrate one another's life. And here it says, the blessing of the Lord brings true riches, true fulfillment. Do you know what? It is the Christian life that brings true fulfillment. Do you know what? Having all the money in the world doesn't bring true fulfillment. You look at those who have won the lottery, you look at those who are some of the richest people in the world, and they have not got true fulfillment in their life. Oh, they can do a lot with their money. They can go to space if they want to. That's fine with me. I don't want to go anyway, and I can't afford it. <laughs> but who wants to go there anyway? And then it goes on, and he adds no sorrow with it. The Lord brings true riches, but adds no sorrow with it. Do you know what? There are people that I know who are running around doing as many jobs, employment, um, trying to rise on the ladder of success, but they're missing out on their kids. They have no relationship with their children. In fact, their children despise them because they have no time for them. I tell you, that something is wrong. The Lord's riches, though the Lord's blessing is true rich, richness. Why? Because we don't have to go around charging around after the next thing or the best thing or another ladder, uh, level up the ladder. We can trust him in the journey of life and he will not add sorrow to it. If there's areas of your life where you're feeling sorrow, check out whether you're walking in the blessing of what God wants for your life. If there is sorrow with what you're experiencing, check it out. For it, the blessing, comes as a blessing from God. You know, all good things, as we trust him, all the blessings of God come from him. True riches can't be measured by human standards. God's blessings cannot be measured in human ways. You know, when you look at the likes of, of Joseph in the Bible, you know, God had spoken promises and blessing and, and what he was going to do with his life, that your brothers are going to bow down, that the, the nations around you are going to bow down. And, and do you know what? He went through such a journey in his life. He, he, his brothers despised him because the blessing of God was upon him. But he knew he was blessed. In fact, these brothers tried to 
decided they were going to kill him, but then they realized that that's not going to be right or too good. Dad's not going to like that. So they decide that they were going to kill an animal, um, cover it with blood, and say, uh, an animal's killed your son. They threw him down a well, um, but there was no way he was going to get out the well, so he would have died anyway. And then they sold him into slavery, got him out again. They sold him into slavery. He goes into slavery for, uh, in Potiphar's house, And you see incident after incident, you could look at it and say, is he really blessed? But he was was living out the call of God in his life. And even though we don't necessarily see it immediate, if we are faithful to the journey, we see the promises of God unfold in our life. We may not see it immediate, but if we stay faithful on the track God has called us. What happened with Joseph? He ended up going into Potiphar's house. He then gets accused of rape. He then goes into prison. It, you could say it goes from bad to worse. But he remained faithful to the promise and the call of God, even in the prison. He didn't complain. He didn't grumble. He didn't, com- he didn't moan at God. He, he stayed faithful. And as he stayed faithful, God then opened doors that no man could shut. And he came out as the second in charge of the nation of Egypt. What is that if that's not the blessing of God? It wasn't a blessing being in the pit. It wasn't a blessing with his brothers deciding that they were going to kill him and then decided not to. Then It wasn't a blessing being in Potiphar's house and then being accused of a, a crime that he didn't commit. It wasn't a blessing going into the prison. That wasn't the blessing. But sometimes the, the journey that we're on, because we choose certain areas of our life that take us on a journey that's longer than it should be. Had Joseph not have spoken about the dreams to his brothers, had he have kept them in his heart, maybe the journey would have been different. That's one of the things when we get to heaven we can ask. Joseph, do you regret regret telling your brothers about the journey? We can ask the Lord, was it part of the journey, all of these different obstacles? Was Was it training in his life to trust God? I don't know the answers to those. But I do know as he remained faithful in the journey, that God's plan was going to unfold in his life. Think about Daniel. Daniel was another man in the Bible who trusted God. He was a man who was taken into captivity in Babylon. He was a man that that prayed regularly at his window three times a day, as was custom from his youth. He did what was right before God. Then the, 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 the... the individuals in Babylon turned around and said, I think we're going to just change the laws so that we can trap Daniel because we don't like him. We're going to trap him in such a way that, he, that, that we can get, get rid of him completely. He seems to be the king's favorite. We want to do away with him. So that's what they planned and plotted. Now Daniel just kept on doing what was right before his own eyes and before that of the Lord. There was a journey that he was on. He was trusting God on the journey. But does everything, does everything work outright when we're trusting God? There are obstacles that come our way. There are personal choices. We all have a personal choice. Sometimes that personal choice is good, bad, or ugly. Our personal choices can get us into a heap of trouble at times. But there's also there's the permissive, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. We've got to make sure that we're on one or the other so that we're following his plan. And here Daniel was praying before the Lord. Was he in God's perfect plan? I believe he was. He was praying and believing God. 
but those around him didn't like him. There are gonna, always going to be people in your life that don't like you. Your boss at work may not like you, your foreman, the, your, your line manager, whoever it is, there may be someone in your employment right now who doesn't like you. Did Daniel pray against them? No. Did he pray for them? I bet he did. He prayed for them. He prayed in the situation. And then we know that the, 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 the individuals, the satraps and all the rest of it, and the funny old names, they came before the king and said, look, you know, we believe that no one should pray to anybody else other than to you. Oh, the pride king thought, this is a right, this is a right law to pass. So he passed the law and it was all about tripping him up. You know the story, most of you would know the story. But you know what? Daniel refused to give up praying three times before the, the window where he prayed. He was arrested, thrown into prison, and then he was thrown into the lion's den. You heard the story, Daniel, in the lion's den. But you know what? Being faithful to God means that even though that you may be thrown to the lions, and sometimes in life you can be thrown to the lions. You may have experienced that in life. You're thrown to the lions. You're thrown into a situation. And you think, you know, how did that happen? But because he was faithful to God, the lions had no hurt. They couldn't harm him. They couldn't touch him. Why? Because he was blessed. When you know you're blessed, you can be thrown to the lions, you can be thrown into the furnace, you can be thrown anywhere you like, but God is with you. And in the middle of the fire, fiery furnace, God turned up as the fourth man and saw him, uh, the three Hebrews' children safely through. When Daniel was in the lion's den, God turned up and the angel of the Lord kept the mouths of the lions closed until those that threw him in were thrown in themselves and they were devoured. When you're walking in the blessing of God and you know you're blessed, it is like, it's like a duck that has the oil excreting from its body. And when things happen, it just removes from off your life. Sometimes, though, you need to continue to journey so that the, the faithfulness is like the oil. I guess the oil is like the Holy Spirit as well. And as we trust in the journey, the oil of the Spirit continues to bless and pour out his goodness in each of our lives. You can't keep a good man, you can't keep a blessed man down. He will always... It's, it's, like, it's like pushing, it's like pushing a, a beach ball under the water. It's going to come bobbing back up again. That's your life. When you realize how blessed you are, oh, the enemy may try and keep you under. People may try and keep you under. Circumstances may try and keep you under. Habits and addictions may try and keep you under. But when you know you're blessed, you will come back to the surface. I believe that's a promise of God in our life. And something that we can lay hold of. You know, in, in, in the life of, of Moses, Moses was a blessed man. You, you read through the Old Testament, you see um, Jacob was a blessed man. You see Abraham, he was a blessed man. In fact, God turned around and said, because you are blessed, others will come and bless you. Because you bless others, I'm going to bless you. I, you just see the principle of blessing over and over again. And Moses now is coming to the end of his life. He's coming to the end of this journey in his life. And they're about to cross over the, the Jordan. They're about to cross over into the promised land. And because the Moses and, and Jacob, no, uh, Caleb and 
Joshua, I'm, I'm, I'm going ahead of myself, um, because they were, about, they were about the only ones left from the journey before. They were the only ones out of all the children of Israel that had gone through the wilderness. All of a sudden, Moses is saying, look, I don't want you to repeat the habits of, of the past. I don't want you to repeat the same things that the children of Israel went through. And because they kept on they kept on failing. They kept on cursing God. They kept on saying, I wish I was back in Egypt. I wish I was back where we once were in captivity. Because of those things, he said, I need to teach you some things. I need you to know that when, where you're about to go, you are going to be incredibly blessed. But you've got to follow the plan of God. Do you know why things go wrong in our life? It's because we don't follow the plan of God. We do it my way. Is it Frank Sinatra? I'm not going to burst into song. But we want to do it our way. When it should be his way or Yahweh, as in God's way. And very often we do things our way. We think we know best. We think we know, we know the best way. But actually commit your way to the Lord and he will bring it to pass. It's not about commitment to our knowledge, our ability, our, our, our. It's his. And when we do it his way, we're assured of success. So he, Moses has gathered the children of Israel around him. He's saying, look, you don't want to make the mistakes of the past. You don't want to make the same mistakes that your forefathers have made. And how many of you know it's so easy to fall into the same trap or the same mistakes that we've fallen into before. The same old habits that we've fallen into before. The same mistake. We don't want to do that. So here we see that Moses is gathered everyone around. He said, look, I'm going to give you some information here. This is who you are. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Some of you know exactly where we're going right now. This is powerful. And it shall come to pass. Verse 1. And it shall come to pass. If Two words, two letters. One of them is I. It's amazing, isn't it? it? When I gets in the way. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to obey, uh, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you. How many? All. All right. So if you want to follow the things of God, if you want the blessing of God in your life, there is a requirement. If, if you obey, sometimes it's a, it's a hard thing to obey because, again, flesh wants to get in the way. Flesh wants to do it its way. But it says, if you obey, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Isn't it great that the blessings of God are actually pursuing you? It's like if I'm walking this way, the blessings of God are pursuing me. They are coming, but it says they will also overtake me. They will go in front of me so that I fall into places of blessing. You know, you, you, look, in, you look in different places in, in the Old Testament and Ruth and Boaz. And, and as Ruth was going into the field and gleaning, there happened to be blessing that was laid up before her because Boaz had already gone prepare before her and prepared that there would be blessings that she would find in the way. 
That's what God is doing for us. He's saying, look, my blessings will pursue you and they will overtake you. And as you journey in life, you'll come across what I've already laid up for you. When you get that promotion at work, you think, oh, I've done it. No, God has already gone before you. And you've encountered that moment. You know, when, when, the, when, when you become pregnant, you say, oh, yeah, that's natural. No, no, sometimes it's spiritual. And God intervenes in a situation and enables a divine connection to take place where medical science has said it's impossible. But God, and God has already gone before you. He's already planned a way for you. There are so many things in life that we just take for granted. Oh, no wonder the word says, count your blessings. Or the song says, count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Don't just take life for granted. Oh, we're going to get to the blessings in a minute. But don't just take life for granted. Don't, don't count, don't just, don't just accept that you got a new job or that, uh, something open up for you. Every blessing comes from our Father above. Every one of them. Let me read this. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obeyed, there we go again, because you obeyed the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Okay, anyone live in a city? No, we're all in a town. Blessed shall you be in the town. I'm sure the Lord will allow me to change the word there. Blessed shall you be in your country. Because we live in the UK, because we are here, our country, if we're praying and believing and walking as we should, our country is blessed. I'll tell you what, you take out salt and light from this nation. What is salt and light? Every Christian individual. You take, what, once the rapture happens, once we as the believers of Christ are taken out of this place, you see how corrupt this world is. You think it's bad right now. You take the Christians who are praying for our nation out. You take salt out. You take light out. I was going to say potatoes. Salt and potatoes go together, don't they? Take potatoes out. And, 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 and this world is and will be so corrupt, it wouldn't be recognizable as the world we lived in a week later. That's how bad this nation and the worlds are. But we're still here. Praise God that we are salt and light in the nations. But it goes on. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to get... I could preach this for a week of Sundays, not just one. Anyway, uh, and all these blessings should come upon you and overtake you um, because you obeyed the voice of the Lord. Bless you, you be in the country. Yeah, there you go. Bless you, you be in the fruit of your body, the produce of the ground and the increase of your herds and the increase of your cattle. Okay, we haven't got cattle. We don't have herds. But do you know what? In our employment in our activities, in what we do. Blessed shall you be. If you're self-employed, Darren, you shall be blessed. How much work have you had this year? More than you can cope with. Why? I believe you're blessed. And your brother's blessed because you're blessed. He hasn't ever recognized that, but that's the case. And if anybody else is self-employed in the room... Believe for the blessing of God to be upon your life, the increase of your cattle, the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be in the basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you and they will rise against you. 
he has caused them to be defeated before your face and you shall come out against uh, they shall come out against you one way and they will flee before you seven ways the lord will command blessing what will he do he will command you know this is god speaking he will command blessing uh, command where am i he will command blessing on you in your storehouses and in all uh, to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. And the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandment of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Incredible. The blessing of the Lord has been commanded upon you the blessing of the Lord commanded upon you Claire it's like the blessing of God but here in the Old Testament they had to live by different rules to us in the New Testament and you think oh wow that's so what is different in the New I'm just going to read this one passage because I want to keep it short um, this morning I want to I want you to see, under the Old Testament, they were under the law. The law says you must, you must, you must. Under grace, because when Jesus came, he died on the cross, and it's by grace you have been saved through faith in him. Not of works, not of yourself, but of what he's done for you. In faith that we trust him. It's no longer what I can do, but what he's done for me. So I'm going to... Ah, there's just so much I want to share. Galatians chapter 3 says this, verse 13. Yet Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. What we see in Deuteronomy chapter 28, what we see as all the other laws and requirements, here it says, yet Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse. It doesn't set us he hasn't set us free from the blessing. The blessing still remains. But the curse has been dealt with. Why? It goes on to say he he absorbed the curse completely as he became a curse in our place. For it is written everyone who is hung on a tree is cursed. The fact that Jesus went to the cross, he said the curse that came because of sin, because man fell, because Adam blew it, I'm now going to take that on my shoulders and all of the requirements, all of the laws, all of the, 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 the requirements that are set out in the law are now going to be placed on me because I am sinless, I am the Son of God and I'm stepping in your place. Irene, God stepped in your place. You should have been punished, but he set you free. Roy, God set you free. He took your sin. He took your mistakes. He took the rubbish in your life. And he said, I'm taking it off your shoulders and I'm going to put it on mine. Simon, your situation. He broke the power of sin. He said, I'm not going to judge you for your sin. I'm going to take your sin, place it upon my life. And as he hung on the cross, he died for the sin of the whole world then, now, and in the years to come. Isn't that amazing? My sin put him on the cross. My mistakes 
put him on the cross. But it also, not only put him on the cross, he said, now the blessings of Abraham are yours. The blessings that Abraham walked in, you now can walk in. In the year of famine, Jacob, in the year of famine, there was famine in the land, and yet he sowed seed in a year of famine and reaped an incredible harvest and kept on reaping harvest in famine. That's God. And that's what he wants to do in our life. He wants you to continually be blessed and be a blessing to others. He wants you to succeed and to recognize he brought success into your life. Let everything that has breath acknowledge that our breath comes from him above. Praise the Lord. You may be here this morning and hey, I, I trust something there spoke into your heart, spoke into your life. And that we have a change of mindset. That we have a change of focus. That we're not just what happens every day. It's saying it's what God does. It's what God has led me into. That our recognition of God is always before us. Because he's the one who, who enables us to have life every single day. I'm going to pray a very simple prayer this morning. You know, if you haven't acknowledged the one who died upon the cross, if you've not acknowledged the one who took your sin, your wrong, your mistakes, and he did it whether you've ever accepted him or acknowledged him, he took all of them when he died on the cross. If you've never acknowledged that, or today you're saying, I want to come back to God, I'm going to pray this very, very simple prayer because we want to encourage you to make that decision to come to know him in your own personal life. So, church, we're going to pray nice and loud. If you can pray together, help him. Maybe someone in the room who may be praying this for the very first time. Jesus, we come to you today and we thank you for the blessing. But Lord, before the blessing, we acknowledge there was the curse and you became a curse. In my place. You took my sin. My guilt. My shame. And gave me hope. Gave me life. Gave me a future. And you gave me eternal life. So today Jesus. I receive you. Into my heart. And acknowledge you. As my Lord and Savior. Come into my life. And bring transformation. Spirit. Soul. And body. In Jesus name. Amen. While every head is bowed and every eye closed in this room. If you prayed that prayer today. And you may have prayed it before. But today. You're just saying, God, I need you. I need a revelation. I need, I need you to transform my life. Or there's someone here and it's the very first time. I'm going to ask you just to do a very simple thing. And pop up your hand and then pop it back down. Because God sees 
every response. I'm going to count to five. I'm going to ask you to pop up your hand. One, two, three, four, five. If you prayed that prayer this morning, just pop up your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, right across this room, I pray that every one of us will acknowledge that the blessings come from you. And Lord, it's not just once in a while, but the blessings of God are every single day of our lives. Lord, I impart a blessing over your people today. Lord, that you would bless them, that you would keep them, that your face and your countenance would shine upon each one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Well, what we're going to do now is we're going to exit. Is it raining? It looks like it's fairly dry. Teas and coffees from the hatch. So if you just give us a couple of moments just to move a few of the chairs in that area, that'd be great. Um, if you feel more comfortable having a tea and coffee outside, feel free to have a wander out there. Um, or under, under the gazebo, we'll pull up the gazebo and just enjoy being together. I think that's the key. We want you to enjoy being together, all right? So uh, same place, same place, uh, same time next week. Um, but what we'd encourage you to do there are obviously numerous people who haven't returned yet um, and they may be taking their time for all sorts of reasons, but just contact someone and encourage them to come along to church, be a part of the journey and enjoy what God is doing, all right? Fantastic. Have a good rest of the week. God bless you.